G'day and welcome to the Gaps podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. You are out in Tenerife. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, while we were talking, you're on a training camp. Just to dive in very quickly, what does that look like for an aspiring pro athlete? Well, it's pretty simple, really. It's pretty much sleep, eat and train. Uh, we all headed out and it's just a personal camp. So there's not no uh, major structure with any team, but it's pretty much the same. You wake up, you eat breakfast. And when you feel like it, you head out on the bike. You pretty much spend all day on the bike because you want to make the most of the time you have. Because uh, when you're in the UK, obviously you've got limited hours of daylight and the weather isn't always on your side. So when you're here, it's like maximizing the time you have. Um, so yeah, it's pretty simple. Brilliant. I perhaps jumped the gun a little bit. We'll go backwards. Um, let's start from the beginning. You've had two years on a Conti team now, or this will be your second. Let's yeah. start from the beginning, though, Dylan. How did you get into cycling? Well, it all started because uh, I live in Brighton uh, and there's a velodrome, Preston Park velodrome. I mean, I say velodrome. It's a tarmac strip shaped in a square. Um, but yeah, I live two minutes away from it. Uh, there's a local club, Preston Park Youth Cycling Club. Uh, and I knew a couple of people that already rode with them. Uh, and I was pretty rubbish at any other sport I tried. <laughs> so the parents took me took me down to the track. And from the first session, I fell in love. Oh, brilliant. So you went down and I'm guessing it was like a go-ride session, uh, just having to go on bikes. Is that what it was? Yeah, it's kind of like that. They Back when I joined... There was always they'd offer on random Saturdays, new riders come down, try it out sort of thing. And they lend you a bike. Uh, when I got a bike, my gears were still on the frame set. <laughs> so you had to change gear on the down tube. Um, and yeah, you just do some skills activities, riding around the track, some other riders and just get an overall idea of what it's like. So we've got you on basically because you're still very, very young, 19 years old. You've come through the system You've been through British cycling. You've raced on the continent. You're kind of coming back to the UK, though I'm sure you'll be out in the continent doing races and all the rest of it. And we're getting an idea of perhaps how youth riders of today can make it on the same journey that you're on. And so just to get an idea, at what age were you attending these sessions? And then what age did you start becoming competitive and racing as well? So when I started cycling, uh, going to the club I was actually quite young I was around nine years old um, and a lot of people start way later than that uh, and I was just kind of spent the first couple of years doing kind of what the club supplied so it was kind of like there was a local track league on yeah. Wednesday Wednesday nights just a really chilled out thing community thing uh, and that was what started my competitiveness uh, because I found that I was actually all right yeah 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 um, and then from there it kind of progressed with parents talking to parents oh there's these national omniums yeah, yeah. so i started doing i started with the national omnium at preston park and then pretty much by the time i hit about 14 i'd compete competed in a few national omniums on the track and i started my venture into the road and was doing some basic regional races so you're focusing on track initially is that what it was yeah it all started with the track Preston Park and I guess that whole area of Brighton has a lot of talent coming through and they're quite well known in the in our nation of producing talent 
um what what makes that club or that area particularly well uh for that to happen do you think uh i don't think there really is anything that causes it i think it's just preston park is really all about getting kids just into into cycling into sport and it creates this really nice community Good. and i think for a lot of kids it's nice to be able to on the weekend to go and have a whole different set of friends and a whole different escape from what you do throughout the week and uh it's just fun that's what is it there, is is there other sports going on is it like a leisure cent- a community center or is it just cycling specific it's just cycling and on the track but it's just so inviting and it's just yeah anyone oh, brilliant. Can brilliant so it's i guess it's just a case of bringing a bunch of people a huge number of people rather than seeing what sticks really or who sticks and yeah. oh, brilliant okay um in terms of the coaching there then is it just more community-based coaching and racing and therefore uh or is there something particular there as well well it's quite it's quite a community-based so there's a lot of parents of riders that are obviously bc level coaches of course uh, and some other people that come down and it's all volunteer based okay. um, and it's just every saturday mornings you've got the inner ring session so it's more for the younger riders or newer riders and then that outer ring session which is for maybe riders that have already d- gone through the inner ring for a couple of years and they're now wanting to do slightly harder sessions or more fitness based instead of skill based yeah brilliant you've had a how do you say a stint with the British cycling team? Um, I'm guessing that was on the track. Yeah, so I started at 16, I want to say. I got selected for, at the time, it was called Apprentice. So that's like their talent programme. Well, actually, no, it started early in that at RSRs, which was the regional schools of racing. Yeah. Uh, and that was something that quite a lot of people got invited to. It was, you know, you did have to get invited still, but it was not quite as uh, reduced and then from there I got selected onto the apprentice which I didn't actually get selected at first I was then guesting for quite a while uh, but then I eventually got selected and that's when you first get your GB jersey and that was yeah. always cool when you were 16 uh, still is but then uh, yeah just started training with them it was kind of just like weekend every couple weekends you do a day training with each other uh, and then I got selected from there onto the junior academy, which was Brilliant. quite a big deal. That was where it became a lot more serious. You were getting full kit. You were getting, you were doing races with the team. So I would, I represented at European champs while on junior academy on the track and got two bronze medals. Uh, and I was also representing on the road in a lot on the continent. And then from there, I went to senior academy, which was the next step up where you're now full time. You're getting paid. Uh, and yeah, it was the biggest learning curve of my life the last yeah. year. <laughs> and that was up in Manchester, is that where you were staying in base? Yeah, so they have academy houses and how it works is three, four riders per house. Uh, they're all spread across. So it it feels like you're renting a house as if you go to uni and you rent a house, you pay your rent, you do all that. But it's yeah managed by the bridge cycling. At what stage did you think actually wait a second this is this is there's something serious here because obviously you went in as a kid and i'm I'm sure you were doing it for a long time just because it was fun at what stage were you like oh wait a second there's perhaps a career or 
I'm not going to aspire to go to university or college just yet. There's something here I want to I want to chase. To be honest, for me, sport has always been the center of my life. I've never been a great school kid. Um, and I've never really thought of it as there's a career, career in this. I've always thought of it as I want to get to the Tour de France. I want to get yeah. to the Olympics, but never with the idea of it's going to make me a living or I yeah, don't have yeah, anything yeah. else. It's just that's what I want to do. Uh, and it's only recently that I'm like, I could make this into a full-time career. But before Senior Academy, yeah, it was pretty much, I just wanted to get to the Tour de France. Brilliant. Brilliant. And uh, let's hope you get there, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> what support network do you have from friends and family and perhaps from the wider community, which allows or which allowed you along this journey? Because I, I'm guessing, well, no one can make it alone. Let's face it, right? Um, cycling is so, so difficult, so competitive that there is so much that there is so much that needs to be in place in order for even the best rider with the best power or the rest of it to succeed. Um, what allowed you to go up the ladder, I guess? I think for me, I didn't really have any sort of specific support system. No one in my family cycled. Yeah. Um, it was completely new to all of us. And it was basically just learning as you go. Uh, I did a lot myself, a lot of just talking to people, finding yeah. out stuff, taking on information. Um, and my parents just supported me with everything I wanted to do, which was one of the biggest helps because without them, I wouldn't have been able to do my London Youth Track Leagues and yeah. all of those kind of things. But to be honest, it's just, I just enjoyed it. And every time a door opened, I walked through it pretty yeah. much that's all it was there was no major specific support system brilliant and with uh british cycling then your focus was on the track but you were also racing on the road like how did that what's the thinking behind that and what's yeah uh, how did that go yeah so gbi track based squad they've never well since i've been on gb it have been a road-based squad it's always you join gb to win the olympics yeah track yeah. That's all it is. But they support the road, but they're not a road-based squad. And they'll make that very clear. So when I was on ODA and Junior Academy, it was all road-based, I mean, track-based. But then we would go over to the continent and do road races because you can't do from the age of 16 onwards just track. You have to be on the road. You have to gain that experience. So with Senior Academy, it was 100% track. Uh, and they did nothing, no road other than maybe one or two, no real road races. It was more road races were run by GB and road the best road riders in the country would race for GB, but it wasn't Senior Academy yeah, would do yeah. the road yeah. races. Um, so, yeah, if you want to ride for GB, it's track all track-based. And, well, currently you're out on the continent racing. Uh, you will be coming back, obviously, uh, with St. Piran. But why the switch from track and bc to then dsm well there was a pathway there of course but wh why are you where why are you where you are so when i joined senior academy it they made it clear that they're not going to be running a pro road program so each rider was expected to then find their own team on the road so they what they kind of came up with a plan was gb would support everything track wise and then you'd have a road team that would support everything road rise. And we try to create a collaboration where that works. 
Um, for me, I think I really enjoyed the last year and I learned so much. But the reason why I'm switching to 100% road is because trying to be the best you can at track and trying to be the best you can at road, unless you are superhuman, it's yeah. very hard because they they can support each other, but you can't be winning at both at the same time. Um, and I found that through winter with GB, while I was getting so many experiences and I was winning class one track events and stuff, it meant that it was taking away from my big weeks on the road training, which meant then when I got to the road season, I hadn't done that base and that training I needed, uh, which meant that then I was struggling on the road. And then when I was trying to focus on the road too much, I wasn't hitting my targets on the track. Gotcha. Understood. So I'm going to make an assumption here. Uh, while you were riding and racing for Team DSM, I'm guessing you were living out on the continent. It was a 50-50 basis. So oh, I'd okay. spent enough days to not go over my limit. In, uh, yes, of course. In, the, in Holland. So I, there was an apart the team supply apartment. Um, and then, you know, I'd have to come back to the UK and live in Manchester for, we'd do like track blocks. So like before European champs and before track events and stuff like that. And what was a bigger jump, going full-time with GB or moving to the continent for months at a time, perhaps? Uh, I think GB was my biggest learning curve because by the time I was officially on DSM and officially moved out to the continent, I'd already moved out of home and was on GB for a couple of months at this point. So, yeah, when I joined GB, it was like suddenly I'm self-sufficient fully. Yeah. Suddenly I'm moved out of home and that's a massive change let alone riding full-time um so then by the time i had moved to holland with dsm i'd already kind of found my feet a little bit still was in no way experienced at living still i'm still not but yeah so it wasn't quite as big as a jump for me uh so if i'm sure when you moved out both in the uk and then of course abroad as well people were giving you tips and tricks and all the rest of it what have you picked up and what has stayed with you and what tips and tricks do you have to an aspiring rider who perhaps might be going on that journey as they slowly slowly move more and more away from home uh i think moving out of home becoming self-sufficient and organizing your own life is hard as it is so when you add cycling into that and training full-time just enjoy it like you can't take it too seriously too early on because it will take you so long to find your feet and to work everything out and to work a rhythm a schedule and how you learn because it's weird when people aren't doing stuff for you because when you're at home and you come home and your lunch is made or your dinner is made or your clothes are washed your bed is made all those kind of things suddenly when they're gone or even just things like tidying up the kitchen it doesn't happen if you don't do it so it's it's learning that and then just using the cycling just to enjoy it. Don't if you can't get out, don't. Yeah, fair. don't put too much pressure on yourself too early on because it will bite you back. Yeah, Team DSM, uh, an incredible team. Uh, you were part of their development team. What's the difference between the top team and the development team? And is there some sort of overlap as well that you get to uh, either perhaps share the same? coaches or equipment how, how does that work yeah so they're all under the same umbrella so the coaches cross over uh all the equipment crosses over all the support crosses over 
um, it's pretty much just the world tour, our world tour, yeah. uh, the top of the sport and are doing things like grand tours and world tour races. And the development team is aimed at under 23 riders. There are, you, you don't have to be under 23, dependent on what the team decides, but it's more for the development of younger riders to then be promoted into the world tour eventually. So you live the life as if you are a world tour bike rider and you, you still ride elite races. I only did a few under 23 races this year. Um, but yeah, it's just, you're not world tour. Yeah. Did, did you race much here in the UK, the big country races or? No, I think okay. I, won. <laughs> I was about to ask, like, what's the difference between racing out in Europe and the UK, but it looks like oh, well, I, can, I can tell you it's very yeah. different. Yeah, the, the UK racing, it's weirdly hard. <laughs> I don't know whether it's just the way the landscape is and how it's up and down all the time, but it's also, I found, easier to move around. Whereas when you're in the continent, you've got a lot of very good riders, like a very, like the whole bunch is competitive uh, and you you have a lot bigger bunches and it's generally you have to be able to hold your own on the continent. Like there's people that have been racing for so many years and so experienced and you're turning up expecting to do well and they'll just push you out of the way. And I found that definitely on the continent. Whereas in the UK, I'm slightly more experienced racing as a junior. And I've just found it, I find it easier to race in the UK than on the it, continent. Would you say there's more respect in the UK Peloton? I think the respect is equal. I just think the style of racing in places like Belgium and Holland is very, I don't know, flick or get flicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did your season go in 2023? Uh, my season was filled with a lot of disruptions. But if I look at results-wise on paper, you know, I, I can't say I'm happy with. I did get a 14th in stage two at Tour of Rwanda, which is a 2.1 pro race. Um, and I got fifth in track European champs. But for me, I want to be getting way better than that. And I'm a lot younger. I'm still, I was nine, 18 in Tour of Rwanda and I'm still only 19. But off the bike, one of the best years of my life. Like with just learning, um, I broke my collarbone in March. Uh, that was an experience in itself. I broke it in four places. Uh, had to get a flight back to the UK. Was locked out of my house with a broken collarbone at 2am. Uh, had to get surgery and the whole lot. And that was just a learning curve in myself, doing two turbos a day for about two weeks. Um, and yeah, just learning how to live and understanding how racing works. It was one of the best years of my life. Uh, have you had a chance to sit down with your coach? You're now... Signed for St. Pirin, that has now been announced, all the rest of it. Have you had a chance to sit down with management and talk about your goals and what you plan to execute for 2024? For 2024, we haven't had a proper in-depth chat because we're still trying to work out where I'm at. In terms of training goals, if you like, I'm more looking to what I was going back to earlier about enjoying riding. I found that when I first joined GB, it was like such a big step up that I forgot that I'm still just riding my bike. Yeah. That's all I'm doing. It's the pressure's there. But if you just forget about that and enjoy what you're actually doing, it's way easier. And I think coming into next year, 
I really like the way St. Piran work. I really like how positive they are and all, everyone's mindset is just aligned. And I'm just trying to work. I've got a new coach, uh, Ollie Moores from, from AO Cycling. And he, uh, yeah, we're just working together really closely. He lives local and we're pretty much just really focusing on enjoying riding my bike, getting the training in, but just keeping it consistent and not trying to overwhelm me too early. St. Perrin has an incredible, uh, how do you say, reputation here in the UK. They take podiums, uh, the, the whole podium, um, wins after wins. Is that something you're focusing on here in the UK or is that you still looking towards the continent? Uh, St. Perrin are going to be doing a lot of racing on the continent next year. Uh, but UK is obviously where they are made. Uh, so we will compete be I hopefully will be competing in almost every national series race. And yeah, winning a national would be pretty incredible. Um, but over the continent is also a massive goal for me. I want to sure. start, start getting those results up, carry on gaining experience and just generally continue the success of St. Pyrrhon from 2023 into 2024 and just be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, What's your personal aspiration or goal for 2024 or beyond even? For 2024, I want to use everything I've learned this year and put it on paper. I think this year I learned so much, but if you looked me up or looked anything, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. Yeah. Whereas going into next year, I want to then transfer all of that onto paper and actually start, you know, getting results that I'm proud of. Yeah. I, I, I Looking at your results last year, Dylan, uh, or rather this year, you started off very, very well. I weren't aware of your collarbone break, but it does seem like it was a bit of a lull in the middle of the season. And then towards the end, you finished very strong, it looked like. Um, but of course, you're always striving for bigger and better. And um, yeah, you're still very young and I'm sure that will come. Uh, so you're currently out in training camp. I know we touched on it briefly at the start of this podcast, but uh just for the listeners like what does a training camp entail how many hours are you putting out and how is it different to what you're doing perhaps here in the uk or otherwise uh so when you're in the uk it's it's kind of like get what you can done mindset like you wake up it's dark yeah you wait until it's light enough it's probably raining you know you're probably going to be freezing for three four hours and it's kind of like just pushing as much as you can to get as much done as possible whereas then when you come abroad it's like oh okay it's light at 7 a.m and it's 20 25 degrees and it's warm and it's kind of like it's just maximizing your time so then when you go back to the uk for example you've done a lot of the base work. So it's using, so I'm doing 20 to 23 hours a week while I'm out here, which going back to my goals, my training goals isn't overwhelming. That's perfectly comfortable for me. Oh, wait a sec. Well, I'll restart. That and uh, are you able to uh, complete strength work out there as well? Yeah. So there's where we're staying. There's a few gyms. Um, so my training plan in comparison to the UK is very similar. Okay. It's just more. It's just yeah. volume. So I'm not doing any more intensity, any more efforts, because it's still very early on. You know, we're not even in yeah. 2024 yet. That's right. But it's just instead of doing two and a half hour rides, you're doing three and a half. Instead of doing three, you're doing four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, are you able to stay on top of nutrition and get what you're after out there as well? 
yeah i mean you do have to compromise with a couple bits because you know whatever you got in the supermarkets but you know it's all of that's pretty simple it's just about maximizing the time and getting those bigger weeks so then i can go back over christmas and instead of getting ill or injured in the cold and wet i can then back it off a little bit over christmas while i'm in the uk and then i head back out to calpe uh for a lot of january final question as a gb fan and a gb coach will we be seeing you back in gb colors well hopefully uh for track over the next year that's coming to a halt because me and my coach uh on gb decided that that's not that's not what i need to be doing at this stage um but hopefully on the road over next year hopefully some opportunities arise and definitely back in gb colors and for the track we'll just see where where it takes me Dylan, we wish you all the best and your insights have been incredible thank you for coming on thank you